0: Hi, and welcome to the Health Essentials Podcast, brought to you by Cleveland Clinic. I'm your host, Deanna Pogorels, joined today by our guest, Beth Cerrone. Beth is a registered dietitian in Cleveland Clinic's Digestive Disease and Surgery Institute, and today we're going to be talking all about how to navigate the joys of summer while still eating and drinking as healthy as possible. Welcome, Beth. Thanks for being here.
1: Oh, thanks for having me.
0: Please remember, this is for informational purposes only and is not intended to replace your own healthcare provider's advice. So Beth, it's officially summer and there are so many amazing seasonal fruits that are available right now and vegetables. Um, Can we start with your list of maybe your top five seasonal fruits and veggies that you're going to be eating this summer and that we should all be eating this summer and why?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I always think about gardening, right? So I don't know if a lot of people have started their gardens yet or... But I always think about that, like the top things that we would normally have around this time of year. So, of course, you know, the first thing I always think of is berries. So berries are, you know, there's so many different varieties between you know strawberries and blackberries and blueberries, but those are always going to be in season. They're really low in sugar. They're high in fiber. So you always want to try to include berries um, throughout the day watermelon now finally it's summer so it's hot enough the watermelon is really really good what I really appreciate about the watermelon is because it's so full of water and fiber it's that's what's going to fill you up and keep you fuller longer and it's just going to be nice and hydrating so try to get um, watermelon into the diet as well Um, we're thinking about spaghetti or squash right so zucchini and summer squash so those you know we just started planting those in the garden so that'll be exciting when they start popping up but what I like about those two again lots of fiber but remember we always talk about those zoodles right those zucchini noodles that we can make and so a lot of times people in the summertime don't want to eat very heavy they want to eat a little bit lighter so you can always convert that summer squash or that zucchini into those zucchini noodles and be a little bit healthier that way um, thinking ahead too of cucumbers. So, cucumbers, again, another thing that people a lot of, we get it year round, but really it's, it's something that is really great in the summertime. Lots of water, lots of fiber, but not a lot of calories. So, those would probably be my top five um, that we want to try to include into your diet now that it's summertime.
0: Are there any specific benefits of eating produce that's in season or produce that's local from our neighborhood farmers market?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really important, first of all, that we always support our local farmers markets. I mean, it's really very, very important. But when we're thinking about location, and things that are going to be close to us, you know, time is of the essence. So when we have something that we get from the farmers market, typically, it's picked that morning, which means that it's going to end up saving a lot of, um, it's going to be a little bit more cost effective right because you don't have to worry about the transportation and and the cost with that but the nutrition is going to be there because when we have to pick and pack and then transport the nutrition gets lost over time so eating seasonally and also eating locally means that you're going to get more nutrition and you're going to um, be able to preserve that a lot faster so yeah absolutely I mean we we're Very, very fortunate that we do have produce that we can get all year round. Um, But again, it could be from across the country. And like I said, if you're going to sit there and it's going to take you know weeks before it gets to you, you've lost some of that nutrition.
0: Summer also means heat, which means we need to be hydrated. Mm -hmm. Do we need to be drinking extra fluids during the summer, or about the same as we usually do?
1: So I think it's really important that we always try to maintain our hydration. You know, a lot of times people think that. You know, we don't need to drink more in the winter time, or, or you know, if we're in the air conditioning in the summertime, those types of things. But you know, so the the air conditioning actually can dehydrate us. That that the cooling of that air can dehydrate our skin and dehydrate our mucous membranes. So it's really important that we stay hydrated throughout the year. Um, Typically, we recommend you know, four water bottles, 64 ounces a day. You know, It depends. Everyone's different. You might need a little bit more fluids depending on your own personal um, needs, if you're taking extra kind of medications, that type of thing. But it's really important that you make sure that you not only are hydrated, that you stay hydrated, but that you are drinking throughout the day so that you're not just going all day and then try to overhydrate because it's, it's really not going to um, be as beneficial as if you stay hydrated the entire day.
0: What are some of the signs that you might be dehydrated?
1: Yeah, unfortunately people end up being dehydrated and not knowing. It's very subtle. It comes on and then by the time that you are dehydrated, it like I said, it makes it hard to kind of double up and catch up. So typically the first always sign that we always look for is decreased urine output. So you haven't gone to the bathroom all day. When you do the the urine is dark colored, um that is a you know, very Common sign of being dehydrated, but there's also other subtle signs. So you might have dry skin, or maybe you have cracked lips, you know, you may have a headache, you might feel dizzy, you might feel nauseous. Um, You know, your blood pressure may drop. So when you get up, you know, you feel, you know, like I said, lightheaded or dizziness. Um, You know, some people get sunken eyes. I mean, that's a little bit more severe cases Um, might be confused. So I think it's really important that you pay attention to other people and kind of notice and keep it att- especially for people that um the elderly sometimes their decreased sense of thirst is is really subtle and they don't know that they're thirsty and then they could go all day and not drink anything and then like I said so then you can see some little changes um with, with my patients, it's very, very easy. Um, again, I work in the Bariatric Metabolic Institute. So it's very easy for patients to get dehydrated because the, the volume is very limited. So encouraging. Um, I always tell people that you want to be a sophisticated houseplant. And I know that sounds really silly, but when you think about it, so I am the worst. When I go on vacation, I water all my plants and I hope for the best. And then when I get back from vacation, there's that dried crust and you try to water it and then the water goes all over the place and then it just takes a while for it to, you know, for the soil to soften and to get rehydrated. The same thing with our bodies. So you can't go all day long and not drink and then think that you're going to be able to at the end of the night um, hydrate because you're going to end up staying up all night going to the bathroom and it's really not beneficial. Your body really needs to be hydrated throughout the day. So I know that's a really silly way of thinking about it, but it makes sense when you kind of do think about it a little bit.
0: Absolutely. And is plain water always best, even if it does maybe get a little boring sometimes? I mean, ideally, yes,
1: you know, as we like to be as pure as we can, you know, water is going to be the best. But let's be honest, not everybody likes plain water. So, you know, it's fine if you want to infuse it with flavors. You know, I am, again, use those berries, use those cucumbers, you know, use citrus. That can jazz it up a lot without adding extra sugars or, you know, artificial colorings. There are those types of things. What you really don't want is you don't want to do a lot of, you know, sodas and juices and extra calories and those types of things. I discourage a lot of times to the sports drinks, unless you are really being very, very active. You're sweating profusely for many, many hours. I think a lot of times people drink these sports drinks Maybe because they're out for an hour or so and they really think that they need it. And they really don't. For the most part, water is really going to be your best. But like I said, if you are perhaps, you know, a a teenager and you're at football practice for hours and hours and hours and you need to replenish some of those electrolytes, you know, that might be warranted. Um, but, But most of the time, water really is going to be the best. But you just have to get a little bit creative if you don't like the plain water.
0: Sure, and can certain foods be hydrating? Also, you mentioned watermelon a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Are there others?
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, fruits and vegetables in and of themselves do contain a majority of their um, volume is going to be water, which is you know the fiber and the water is really what helps keeps us full when, when we're eating those fruits and vegetables. So berries, melons, cucumbers iceberg lettuce, who would have thought, right? A lot of people think that it doesn't really do us any good. It's mostly water. Um, so yeah, so really trying to get a good variety of fruits and vegetables. Because again, if you don't like water, this is a good way to get some extra fluids into your body without feeling like you have to drink that four bottles of, uh, of you know, of whatever it is. So
0: yeah, so while we're talking about beverages, I want to ask you about smoothies because they can be so refreshing on a mm-hmm. hot summer day. Uh, What are your components of a good, well-balanced smoothie?
1: So I'm always going to be a fan of some sort of protein. Um, If you know me at all, that's kind of the first thing I ask everybody is, where's your protein? So having some sort of, you know, Greek yogurt or, um, you know, I have, you know, different kinds of milk, almond milk, those types of things. That's really a good base. What we want to make sure is we don't make it into so much sugar. Because we can add fruit and, you know, too much of a good thing is still too much of a good thing. So we don't want a lot of fruit from the sugar so if we can do more vegetables so we can do kale and spinach and those types of things that would be a good base because what happens is any time that we take that fruit and we break it down and we put it in the blender and we blenderize it we're breaking down those that fiber and the fiber is again what's gonna keep us full fiber also helps with blood sugar control it helps regulate the blood sugar a little bit better it also helps decrease cholesterol um, with the um, insoluble fiber and the soluble fiber. So again, we wanna maintain the integrity of the fiber as much as we can. So just limiting how much I think is important too. And if you can do lower glycemic fruits, things like berries and melon, that's gonna be a little bit better than if you were to do like papaya or banana or pineapple. Those have a little bit higher sugars. Any of those tropical fruits have a little bit more sugar. So I would avoid those.
0: Okay, great. So another great part of summer is the cookouts. And can we talk about making good choices while grilling out? What's your approach to going to a cookout and saying, you know, I want to enjoy this Mm -hmm. great uh, grilled food, but also want to make good choices?
1: Absolutely. So again, if anybody knows me and I talk... (laughs) lot about this because I really do enjoy cooking. I love it a lot. I always like to bring something. I like to be a good guest. I like to help the hostess. So a lot of times I will bring either a vegetable platter with some dip or some fruit, that type of thing, because then at least I know that those are some safe options, right? So then we can go to that. I don't have to be tempted with maybe the potato salads or the heavier desserts or those types of things. So I think having a game plan first and foremost is really important. Bring something with you. I think I always like to peruse the uh, the cookout I like to see what what is being offered right because a lot of times um, I see pay you know people like my family myself i can 't say i haven 't done it well you take the plate and you start to start filling food up on the plate because everything looks really good and then you you, you really wanted something but there 's no more room on your plate, right? And so maybe you put it on top or whatever. So I think if you can actually stand back and look and see what's being offered, you're going to make better choices. Because there might be something you're like, you know, I really give or take, I don't really care about that. I really want to make sure I eat this. So I think by really going back, having that plan, you know, uh, filling up a lot, if you can, and again, those fruits, those vegetables, that's going to be a really good way. And I think just portioning it out you know if you want to taste of something that's fine don't don't think that you have to have a big mound of everything just to kind of try it out um, and then take your time I know it's really hard don't go hungry I think a lot of times we want to make sure we have enough room to eat everybody's good food but if you go so hungry you're going to have a really hard time making good choices because you're going to think that you're overly hungry then you're and then you're end, going to end up overeating.
0: Yeah. So when it comes to that, the main, kind of the main dish of the mm-hmm. grill out, what we're throwing on the grill, the meat, the meat substitutes, mm-hmm. uh, what are some of the healthiest choices that you would recommend?
1: So, you know, anytime there, there's so many good options out there. What we typically recommend is if you want to have a lean cut of meat, it's going to be a center cut. It's not going to have a lot of that marbling when I know that's where the, you know, baddest flavor and I get all that but try to really eliminate the amount of marbling that's in within something so and like I said so a loin or a round for beef um, same thing with pork would be fine you know any of your poultry and then of course your fish your seafood and then your plant alternatives you know those um, plant-based protein burgers that are coming out that are super popular now there's lots of varieties out there so those are going to be better choices um, again if you want to get a heavier uh, you know fattier meat I would say maybe really decrease the frequency or certainly decrease the amount that you're having.
0: Yeah. And what about those side dishes? Um, Which ones are you avoiding and which ones are you going to?
1: They can get us every time, you know, you can have great intentions. So I think the the best really is if you can get some sort of, you know, vegetable salads, broccoli salads, you know, radishes are are, are a good contender, fruit salads, those types of things. Those are going to be the ones that we kind of want you to focus a little bit more on avoiding things that are going to have a little bit of, you know, fattier kinds of things. So if there's like mayonnaise based, if it's higher fat um, certainly things with like butters and sauces and those types of things. So you want to, Avoid them. Um, don't, don't think that it's insulting to ask how things were made. I think that's important, too, because if you know that maybe that's something you don't necessarily want to have, you can uh, enjoy, you know, a couple of bites of it and not feel so terrible that you are giving up on those things. Um, but again, I think it's just important to ask, see how they're made, um, and then just really kind of just portion it out.
0: Okay, so with cookouts, I often wonder about the food safety aspect of this, because sometimes we cook things and then they just sit there for hours and hours and we pick at them. And um, so how long can food safely sit out, especially if it's hot outside?
1: Yeah. So when we're talking about food sanitation, food safety, there is a term that we use called the food temperature danger zone. And so that is 40 degrees to 140. And that's where the food should not be. So we want foods to be under 40 degrees, we want foods to be over 40 degrees, and we don't want food to sit out in that food temperature danger zone for two hours or more. So you really want to make sure that you make food in small batches that you bring it out, you know, to keep it hot. Um, but again, even if it's kept hot you wanna make sure that you take it, you wrap it up and you cool it um, pretty quickly. One of the ways that I a lot of times that I like to store food when it's out is I had to like take a nice ice bath underneath the food to keep the salads to be cold, you can then you're less likely to be worried about them being in the food temperature danger zone. But again, I think it's really important, too, that when we're cooking the meats, that you cook the meats thoroughly, that you use, you know, when you're putting the food on the grill, you use one set of utensils. When you take the cooked meat off the grill, you use a different set of utensils. You really want to decrease the chances of cross-contamination. You want to cook your foods thoroughly, and I know sometimes that can be really time-consuming, but especially when we're looking at poultry, we want to make sure that it has at least an internal temperature of 165. You really don't want to end up giving your guests food poisoning. I don't think they're gonna to wanna to come back, right?
0: Right. So I also wanna ask you about vacations because I think people's vacations are gonna look maybe a little bit different this summer. We're still in the middle of a pandemic. So maybe less air travel, maybe more road travel. So if people Absolutely. are going on a road trip, uh, what, you know, and they're in the middle of nowhere, they have to stop at a gas station mm-hmm. You know, we're hungry. Um, what are some of the best options we can find in a gas station or a convenience store?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think things are a lot better better than they used to be i think more people are traveling so there's a lot better options than there there may used to be so it's not just so get a cup of coffee a donut maybe a bag of chips now they're having more options so a lot of the time convenience stores gas stations will have a cooler they will have you know i've seen hard-boiled eggs already you know pre-made and packaged up yogurts uh, string cheeses beef jerkies those are all going to be really good choices fruit who knew that, you know, gas stations and convenience stores now are going to have whole pieces of fruit. So having, you know, grabbing a couple pieces of fruit, you know, packages of nuts or maybe some nut butters. Those would all really be good options. Um, they have lots of different protein bars or snack bars that are a little, you know, less sugar, higher protein, higher fiber. So those are all going to be really good grab-and-go options.
0: Okay, and what about camping? What are some healthy maybe self stable things we can bring as a snack on the trails or to cook mm-hmm. around the campfire.
1: So as a former girl scout leader, this is like my area of expertise. So we would camp and those girls we would be prepared. So I think again, being prepared, making sure you know, you know, how long are you going to go for, how many people are coming, making a lot of things ahead of time. I think that's going to save a lot of time, a lot of space because you really don't want to have to sit there and make a lot of food and have a lot of, you know, scraps left over. So you know, you can do a lot of foil packets on on the fire. You can grill, um, trail mix rather. You can not, you know, it doesn't have to just be, you know, raisins and M&Ms and, and nuts and those types of things. You can do things like popcorn. You could do things like dried cereals and seeds. I'm a big fan of dehydrated fruit versus dried fruit. You're going to have less sugar. You're going to have a little bit more fiber than the traditional dried fruit. Um, who doesn't love little bit of chocolate, right? So you do a little bit of those mini chocolate chips instead of doing a lot of the chocolate plus your hands don't get dirty because it doesn't melt, you know, those types of things. So I think camping is actually going to be more popular because you were going to be more socially distanced from other people. Um we can still get out and enjoy um but again, you just got to be a little bit smarter about how to pack because you're you're not necessarily going to have a convenience store or a um, or a grocery store down the street from where you're camping. So you got to make sure you bring everything with you.
0: Right. Great. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything else we didn't talk about that you think is important to talk about when it comes to summer nutrition? No,
1: I think the biggest thing is just thinking ahead and planning. I think that's always, we always get ourselves maybe in a little bit of a, a trouble because we're kind of, going on the go, we don't think ahead. You never want to be in a position where you can't make good choices because you didn't have anything with you. So having a little cooler with you, um, I think is important. You know, Even if you want to just take a day trip and just go for a drive someplace, having a little bit of a you know, cooler and keeping all your beverages in there or some snacks, I think that that would be a good idea too. So just doing things to, you know, to take care of yourself, I think is really going to be an important thing, um, especially during this pandemic.
0: Great. Well, that was super helpful as always. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank and you. And for more information on nutrition therapy, visit clevelandclinic.org nutrition or to speak with a dietitian or make an appointment, call 216-444-3046. And for more podcasts with our Cleveland Clinic experts, visit clevelandclinic.org HEPodcasts or subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You can also follow us at Cleveland Clinic One Word on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for more health tips. Thanks for joining us.